This is the Danger Close Podcast. Beyond the Books with me, Jack Carr. Welcome to the Danger Close Podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Navy Federal Credit Union. Before we get started, just a reminder that In the Blood, the next novel in the James Reese saga, is coming in hot on May 17th in ebook, audiobook, and hardcover, available for pre order now. This episode is a Q&A episode, so if you want to submit any questions about anything, can be the state of the world, can be the book series, can be the series with Chris Pratt coming to Amazon Prime on July 1st, uh, or anything, then be sure to follow Danger Close Podcast on Instagram, and every now and again, we will throw up a post that says, put your questions in the comments, and I'll read them and answer them here on the show. So now, without further ado... Let's get after it. All right, here we go. I'm looking forward to watching The Terminal List. Might the future bring us book two to the big screen as well? Also, I have Miss Scout. Could you give us another cute Scout pick? Thank you for all you do. Hey, thank you so much. I sincerely appreciate that. Yes, I will put another picture of Scout up soon. She is doing great. Uh, she is fantastic. Um, and yeah, an amazing dog. So I'll get another picture of her up soon. So thanks for asking. And uh, about the terminal list, book two, we shall see. We shall see how book one does, but uh, some test audiences have seen it. And uh, the response has been uh, overwhelmingly positive, I think is the best way to put it. So uh, so we'll see. It all depends on Chris Pratt, his schedule, and uh, probably Amazon's checkbook. So we'll see. All right, here we go. Will you be in the terminal list as an actor or have a small scene? You're going to have to tune in to find out. What does low vis mean in your community? And what are some example mission scenarios that might call for such a concept? So low vis, when you hear that, it just means not in all your military stuff. It could be in a combat theater of operations if a mission called for it, or it might be in another uh, another country, another environment that is uh, denied, um, a non-permissible type environment, and you have to go low vis, meaning you're not in your military stuff. You're in regular clothes. You're in regular thin-skinned vehicles. Maybe you're doing some reconnaissance. Um, maybe you are um, getting a doing some advanced force operations, that sort of a thing. That means like going and checking out an area and see if a helicopter can land there. Going to a beach and seeing, hey, can you bring people over the beach here? Uh, if you did, where would they go next? That sort of a thing. So you can do, uh, yeah, low-vis operations really anywhere in the world. And it's just blending in and making sure that uh, you aren't identified as military and going low vis means that you're probably carrying something on you, but uh, it can't be something that is, it's not like you're walking around with your, your M4 or uh, an issued back in the day, SIG P226, that's very large, that sort of a thing. So uh, there'll be some things that you use to uh, get out of a situation if you need to, but uh, won't be overtly military. I think that's probably the best way to, to go about saying it. Who is playing Rafe in the new series? Oh, you're going to have to watch. Going to have to watch. What would you recommend for anyone starting archery and bow hunting? I would say track down a local archery shop, even if it isn't that local, and you need to drive a little bit to get to one, an hour or two, but find uh, a local independently owned bow hunting shop and go in, talk to them, let them know your budget, what you want to do, and uh, help support that local business. And take advantage of that personal 
experience of that knowledge. So I love, love bow shops. I've always loved them since I was a little kid. So I uh, loved hanging out in them and uh, still love them today. Anytime I go to a, a new town, I try to go to the bookstore and if there's a local archery shop, I try to stop in there as well. So um, that's what I'd recommend uh, getting down to a, a, a local ish as local as you can find anyway, uh, independently owned archery shop and go in there and, uh, and talk to them and then get on the, get on the range. Usually have a, a range out back or, uh, sometimes even in the store there where you can try out a few different bows and, and get something put together and then take it home and get after it. All right. Let's see. I noticed you have your characters swear a lot in the books, but in your interviews or on podcasts, you don't just wondering why not. I have no beef either way. Just curious. That is a very good question. Um, I try to hold the swearing just for a time or in situation that, that warrants it. So if I do it all the time, it's not as shocking, uh, when I do. So I kind of hold that in reserve for the most part, not all the time, but for the most part. Uh, and then in the books, I just use them as, uh, as character development type tools, use them in situations where, where that's, it's warranted, uh, naturally, or sometimes if a character has that sort of a tick or something like that, uh, where they do use a certain, certain word, uh, more, more often than others, then, uh, it's part of their, their character development. So, um, no reason really other than that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll come out every now and again, but just not, uh, not every other sentence. All right. Is a Christian Craighead podcast in the works? I certainly hope so. So uh, I got to meet Christian and hang out with him for a while in uh, a couple months ago. And man, what an amazing guy. Just uh, so humble, kind, and uh, obviously an, an amazing operator who ran to the sound of the guns when it was uh, when he was needed. Um, and uh, actually, I have a book over here. I just had... That question was coming. Um, I just had uh, uh, Maylee Chapin on the podcast and she just wrote a book called terrorist attack girl. So she was in that hotel in Kenya, in Nairobi, uh, that was taken over by terrorists and Christian Craighead ran to the sound of those guns, made entry. And I hope we get to hear his side of the story. The public does. I get to hear his side of the story at some point. Uh, I know the book is, um, held up in the, with the ministry of defense in great Britain and they're work, working through that. So I hope we get to see that book because, um, wow. I mean, I was just talking to somebody about this, not an hour ago, uh, an army ranger buddy of mine, Max Adams, who was a, uh, writer and producer on the terminalist series. And we were talking about Christian Craighead and what he did over there and, uh, how, if you were, if you were the SAS or if you were the British military in general, you should probably get out of your own way because uh, you're probably not going to get much better press than than that. Um, and we had Princess Gate 1980. Everybody remembers uh, those pictures of the SAS making entry and really in what became an HK commercial for the MP5. Um, that was some pretty good press for both the SAS and for HK. And now you have Christian Craighead in Nairobi running to the sound of the guns and just doing some amazing work. And uh, I hope he gets to tell his story. But in Terrorist Attack Girl, uh, you can hear her. She'll be on the podcast here uh, shortly. We had an incredible conversation together. Uh, what an incredible, amazing human being. Um, and uh, her book is out now, so you can go get that right now. But it's her perspective of being in that hotel and uh, seeing the suicide bomber um, and being essentially trapped in her room knowing that she was going to die. Um, and that's how she spent 17 hours knowing she was going to die. And then she didn't. Um, so 
incredible story. So that's the other side. So hopefully we get to see it through Christian Craighead's eyes at some point, um, because it is, it's a, it's an incredible story and, uh, it'll inspire, I think a lot of people to, uh, to step up and serve their country or just step up when the situation warrants it. So incredible. And yeah, can't say enough good things about, uh, about Christian Craighead. Let's see. Next one. How do you feel about certain terminalist characters looking different in the prime production versus your book's descriptions? How do you feel about some characters being excluded? How do you know who's excluded? Ah, you probably went to IMDb and didn't see them listed. Um, and you would be right. So going into this whole experience, um, I knew that there was going to be differences. That's just how it was going to be. Um, there are differences between First Blood, the book, written in 1972, never read a print, and the movie with Sylvester Stallone. Both fantastic, both different. And I've been a student of this for uh, a while just as a fan. Uh, and I, I've noticed different books turned into series, turned into films. Uh, some work, some don't. Uh, and I've just been a student of that just by default throughout the years. So uh, so I knew that things would be would be a little different. I went into that um, with, uh, with an open mind. And what was important to me, Chris Pratt and Antoine Fuqua, was that the series maintain the dark, gritty, authentic feel of the books. And, uh, and that, was, that, was, that was important to all of us, important to them. And I think we managed to do that. So uh, you have to let me know. You have to write back when, uh, when we do another one of these Q&As afterward. But if you take the book, and you watch the book, watch the movie with the book in hand and just try to pick out things that are different. And uh, then you probably, if, if that's going to be the, the metric, then, uh, then yeah, there's going to be a few things. There's going to be a few other things in there that are the same and some other things that are just hints uh, towards some Easter eggs for people that did pay attention in the book. So uh, I think it'll be fun for everybody to watch who's a fan uh, of the novels. And it'll also be great for people who haven't read the book uh, as well. So I think they did. I could not be happier, could not be more thrilled. Um, and yeah, some characters are, are new that aren't in the book. Some characters are a conglomeration of a couple uh, in the book and they become one, uh, that sort of a thing. So there, there, so there is that. Um, but you get to figure it out if you're a reader and uh, and uh, and a fan of the novels. Then uh, I think it's still going to be enjoyable, um, even with those those changes. So that's what was was important to me. So that's just how it goes. All right, let's see. Favorite hunt you've been on? Well, I love any hunt with the kids. So anytime I get out there with the kids and get to see them uh, experience uh, that hunt, then that's uh, then that's my favorite. Um, but I do like getting out there. So I do like going to Alaska and getting out there after after moose because typically you're you're uh, you're getting deep into the backcountry or the bushes they call it in Alaska, and uh, you're the phone's not working. There's no Wi-Fi, um, and you're just out there and it's beautiful and it's uh vast and uh yeah you get to to bring home some meat sometimes uh in this case last time uh, i did and uh and we're eating that as a family for the rest of the year so uh so yeah um but i just got back from argentina too got down to argentina during the roar down there uh in patagonia and uh gosh incredible amazing trip and got a couple uh nice stags uh and fished uh, rainbow trout, brown trout, and had a, had a great trip down there. So just because that's the most recent, maybe that's, uh, I think I'll be going back. And you might find it in a future novel as well. Let's see. 
Are you in or out on red dot sights for your pistols? A P226 with a red dot? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Man, I don't know. I've, uh, I haven't put as many rounds through pistols with red dots as I have with irons. So uh, just because I was, I was shooting before the military, all the way through the military, after the military, and uh, until very recently, that was all just iron sights. So, um, man, ah, I just don't know. Uh, I think maybe as I get older and the eyes, <laughs> the eyes start going a little more, then the red dot uh, might become something that I, I go to just because it's, uh, I mean, I can pick it up a little bit better. Um, so we'll see. But uh, that's the way things are going. Uh, for a long time, I thought, hey, it's one more thing that uh, can, something else, something can go wrong. I don't know. Uh, I've seen people shoot the red dot and just crush. So I think it's about putting time on it just the way you would on anything else. And I haven't put that time in yet. Uh, I mean, I've shot it, but I haven't really done what I, I just feel a lot more comfortable with the irons just because I have so much time and such a foundation uh, with the irons. So um, I would say that if you're, you know, picking up one for the first time and you're going with that, that red dot, and that's how you're going to come up these days. And a lot of people probably in law enforcement, in the military, that's how it's going to be. Uh, and they'll be more comfortable with that than they are with irons, just because that's what they, what they train on. So uh, yeah. Uh, so am I in or out? I think I'm neither. Uh, I'm just, uh, just haven't shot them enough to be as comfortable with them as I am with the irons. Let's see. Oh, and on a 226, I saw that I haven't shot a 226 with a red dot though, but I certainly want to, and I will. Next one. Do you take notes when reading? Yes. Uh, how do you go about learning new things by continuing to read and having conversations. I've been learning some uh, things on the podcast, uh, reading books that uh, I might have put off just because I was so many things going on, but I have a guest coming on who, um, who has just written something. And I feel like, and up to this point, I've read all of the guest books. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to always do that or not, but uh, up to this point I have, there's another one I just read. Where is it? Oh, here it is. Right here. This Black Ops, uh, Rick Prado, he's coming on. We had a great conversation the other day. Uh, wow, what an amazing guy. He uh, was born in Cuba and remembers Cuba before the revolution, before Castro took over. Saw what happened when Castro took over. Uh, got out of there and made it to the United States. Was in an orphanage for a year before his parents got out of Cuba as well. Found him and started over in America. So he really has an appreciation for the options and opportunities that, uh, that he was afforded in this country and his family was afforded in this country. Uh, and he got to see how fragile a society was that didn't have the protections that we have here in the United States, that certain segments are working very hard to whittle away at. But uh, incredible conversation. I, this book is, uh, if I was in sixth, seventh, eighth grade high school and read this book, I would be fired up. Um, it's one of those. And I hope people get it. Hope they read it. Hope they gift it uh, to people uh, that are in those in, that impressionable time in their lives that are making decisions about what they're going to do going forward. Because uh, Rick Prado went to the CIA and had an incredible career at the Central Intelligence Agency, just a legend. And it was such an honor to, to talk to him. So um, as you can see, I read it and I made my notes and, uh, and just like I, just like I do with, uh, uh, all the other authors who have, who have come on, I've learned a ton from just having him on the podcast and being able to engage with him for, I think that was about an hour and a half with, uh, with him, but, um, what an amazing guy. So yes, I do take notes while reading. I put yellow sticky notes in there. Uh, a lot of times if there's a page that, uh, that I really want to go back to for something, then I'll write it in, uh, up here in the front, not on the, uh, yeah, there's a, Sometimes if this is white, this is black in this case, but I'll write it here 
uh, and just keep going down the, the page right here. If I want to go back to something, I might make a little note about what it is. Let's say freedom. I'll write that in the page number. And if I can't remember, I'll say, what was that? And I'll go back and uh, then I'll know. And uh, that's kind of part of my process. All right. Let's see. If you could interview any three people, past or present for the show, who would they be and why? That is a very good question. And I am not sure, but I'm going to go with probably uh, Churchill, Stalin, and Roosevelt at the uh, either in Tehran or, or Yalta or something uh, along those lines in World War II. So I think that would be uh, the three of them on a podcast uh, individually or together would make for some uh, uh, interesting conversation. So I'm going to go with them. All right, let's see. If you could only do one thing for the rest of your life, either hunting or shooting on the range, what would it be? Hunting, I think, because uh, I put in a lot of range time over the years and uh, going forward, it would be fun uh, to explore the world uh, with family, with the kids. Um, just hunting gives you such an opportunity to really um, not just observe, but be part of a culture, part of a hunting culture, a hunting community. And then you share something in common with that group that you're out with. Um, even if you, if, if you don't have that same language, you don't have that, uh, don't share the same, uh, culture borders, obviously. Uh, but you share a hunting heritage that goes back to the beginning of time. And, uh, I love all the different, uh, hunting cultures around the world and how different they are. Uh, and then the different uh, models of conservation that have been employed around the world as well. So, um, so I think it's, it's hunting going forward. All right. Although I do like getting to the range and still running stress courses and doing the tactical stuff as well. That's, uh, yeah, I try to get out and do it as much as I can. Don't do it as much as I used to, obviously, but I still try to get out there as much as I can and still uh, uh, keep the skills keep the skills up. Let's see. Um, if you were not a writer and had to do a different occupation after the SEALs, like forging knives, gunsmithing, woodworking, et cetera, what would it be? And I think I'd be river guide probably. Just uh, river guide, ski patrol, that sort of thing. Something outside, something where I could... Uh, away from from the phones and electronic leash and uh, be out in the wilderness maybe introducing other people to it um, but I think that's that's what I would do thank you for the questions I sincerely appreciate you taking the time to uh, uh, to put these questions into the comments section of the danger close podcast and uh, I also want to thank everybody who uh, took a risk on me as a new author and then told a friend because I would not be able to do any of this uh, without that support and it means the world to me uh, and my family as well so thank you Navy Federal Credit Union the name would suggest that it is just for members of the Navy, but that's not true. It is open to all members of the military, regardless of branch, veterans and their families. So go to NavyFederal.org, check them out. Federally insured by NCUA. They have uh, certainly financed a few of my motorcycles over the years. I've been a member since 1996. So uh, car loans, home loans, motorcycle loans, whatever it might be, be sure to check them out. And if you're just getting started and need some help investing, they can help you there too. So be sure and check out NavyFederal.org. I want to thank my friends at Black Rifle Coffee for sponsoring the Danger Close podcast. I've been a huge fan for the longest time. Drink Black Rifle Coffee every 
day. And if you keep your eyes peeled, you will notice that perhaps Chris Pratt is wearing a Black Rifle Coffee t-shirt, not unsimilar to this one, in the Amazon series adaptation of The Terminal List. Now you can go to blackriflecoffee.com slash dangerclose and use code dangerclose20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. Black Rifle Coffee, America's Coffee, keep crushing. I know I'm not the only one looking for healthy snacks for me and my family, especially after a very busy 2021 as we move into 2022. And if you've been following me, you know I'm looking forward to figuring out a schedule where I'm getting a little more sleep, where I'm getting some exercise, and where I am eating right. And that is where Paleo Valley comes in. Check them out, paleovalley.com. And you can use Danger Close 15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Now, this stuff is awesome. Paleo Valley, uh, how do I know it's awesome? Because I just crushed a few of these beef sticks and these things are awesome. There's all sorts of different flavors, jalapeno, original, teriyaki, summer sausage, garlic summer sausage, and they are awesome. So Paleo Valley, thank you so much for sending these out to me. Uh, and for those that are wondering, these beef sticks are 100% grass-fed and grass finished. Many on the market claim to be grass-fed, but actually are finished on grains. And they use beef sourced from small domestic farms in the U.S. This is a family-owned company, very small family-owned company. So they're making sure they do it right, that they are not cutting corners. They're prioritizing health over profit and uh, just an awesome group of people. What else do they send me here? I have these superfood bars here with grass fed bone broth proteins. And there's all sorts of flavors here too. Pumpkin spice. How did you guys know? Awesome. Dark chocolate chip. <laughs> I'm going to crush those. Lemon meringue and apple cinnamon. Uh, all sorts of supplements out there. So be sure to go check out paleovalley.com. Enter code DANGERCLOSE15 for that 15% off your order. Once again, it's 100% grass-fed beef with higher levels of omega-3 fatty acids, vitamins and minerals, and bioavailable protein. So thank you so much. I am fired up to get move into 2022 here, and uh, this will be a part of my journey. And look at this one right here, uh, organic super greens. Oh yeah, I am all over that. So check them out, paleovalley.com, dangerclose15 at checkout for 15% off that order. Welcome to the gear highlight portion of the Danger Clothes Podcast. So we got a few things here and just picked up this new bag from Fieldcraft Survival today. So if you're not following Fieldcraft Survival, be sure to follow them on the social channels. Uh, Mike Glover, follow him on Instagram as well. He's doing some awesome rally racing right now. Uh, so it's cool to follow along and see what he has going on. But uh, this is his company, Fieldcraft Survival. He's been on the podcast before. Uh, just an awesome guy. Um veteran, uh, army special forces, uh, such a solid dude, but Fieldcraft survival right here. You can see that. And this is one of their new bags. They have a bunch of different sizes and, uh, yeah, this thing is bomber. This thing is built. Look at that. You can see that you can have Velcro right here, pull that off. Um, and, uh, yeah, this thing is solid. So very cool. Fieldcraft survival. Thank you so much. And what else do we have here? Ooh, Coffee or die magazine. Definitely follow them on the social channels as well and go to the website, uh, Coffee or Die. They're doing some really cool stuff. I mean, they're getting some uh, legit 
info out there to everybody and uh and crushing it so uh thank you guys at coffee or die for that and oh yeah yep in the blood coming may 17th hardcover ebook and audiobook so uh thank you guys really appreciate all of the support and hey new overland journal right there for those that are interested um this always has great pictures and great gear um just love flipping through the uh the overland magazine overland journal right there so check that out and are you a member of black rifle coffee exclusive coffee subscription club each month you get a different coffee and a sticker look at that and a couple different ways to prepare said coffee. And this one, <laughs> this is cool. Black Rifle Coffee right here. Green Team. Nice, guys. <laughs> that is sick. Uh, nice. Awesome. So I'll be firing that up tomorrow morning. And this, look at that. A Lego typewriter. It actually works. This actually works. And uh, this is a gift from Matt Graham of Aries Watch Company right there. Ooh. There's my Aries, that right there. The Diver One, yep, right there. Uh, Matt was just on the podcast uh, recently. It'll drop here in a few weeks, but uh, he was kind enough to send this. He saw this and thought of me. Um, see that typewriter right there? I do love these old typewriters, so uh, he sent me this. And my little guy saw it and wants to build it with me, so uh, that is very cool. So Matt, thank you for thinking of me. That was very thoughtful and uh, sincerely appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this Q&A session of the Danger Close Podcast. Sincerely appreciated. In the Blood comes out on May 17th in hardcover ebook and audiobook and is available for pre-order now. If you've been enjoying the podcast, feel free to leave that five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on the social channels at Jack Carr USA and the official jackcar.com website and jackcarusa.com for the merch. Till the next time, take care out there, stay safe, be strong, keep fighting. In case you missed it, on a recent episode of Danger Close, an Ironclad original, Jack Carr sat down with former presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard. Set aside all the labels, mm. you know, oh, well, because I've been getting asked this a lot, like, well, are you left or are you right? Are you progressive or are you conservative? What box do you fit in? Exactly, Which box do you check? Completely. Are you an enemy exactly. or right. Right. An How, uh, Like, what filter should I use when I'm looking at you? And, like, I've always been an independent-minded person. Mm. Always. Be sure to check out the full interview wherever you get your podcasts.